We are live, everybody. Welcome to this week's Cafe Hangout. It is a loaded cafe today. Thank you for everyone joining us. It's John Pollock waiting and joining us live and in living color. The BDE, Davey Portman slash David Portman, along with the Brady, Braden Harrington. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on, guys? Welcome back, guys. We're in the post office. We've missed you. We're invading. Invasion. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We didn't have uh, T-shirts to hand out to everybody, but I think everyone knows who everybody is, hopefully, yes. because people uh, realize that not everybody looks identical. So we all <laughs> are our own people. The BDE invading the post office. Yeah, it continues. So we just uh, had a little show that we did together for patreon.com forward slash up next yes. with you guys. You invaded us. And now we're returning the yeah, favor. Yeah, we, we did a home and home series. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> that was all done in this one room, but everyone gets to drift. We're going to be on Braden Davies' uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash upnext, U-P-N-X-T. And that is going to be up late tonight, Friday? Yeah, uh, late today. Yeah. Yeah. So you can check that out as we did our first, I don't know if only, uh, Survivor Series draft. Do you want mm. to explain what this concept was that you drummed up for us, Davey? Yeah, so... I thought we'd do something a little different uh, leading into Survivor Series, and we played a little game where we had to come up with a, a five-person Survivor Series team plus a manager um, made up of one tag team, three singles competitors, but you have to only pick from one from WWE, one from NXT, one from AEW, one from New Japan, and your manager is someone who's retired or deceased. Yeah. And only one person can be a a past or present world champion. So it was a lot, a lot of, of fun. Rules. Uh, and some of us went for a kind of theme thing. Others didn't. But you'll have to listen to find out. No, yeah. yeah I thought we had a lot of fun doing that. And uh, it, was, it was definitely something for Survivor Series weekend. It's like fantasy booking. Yeah. It was good. One spoiler is that by the end of this show, you will know all the members of every team at the end. You will not have to wait and wonder <laughs> who's going to be on this team if I buy this show on Sunday. Uh, so we do have complete teams at the end of this show. So check that out. Patreon.com slash up next with Brain and Davey, who I don't know how you guys find the time to even come over and chat with us. I feel like you guys are just putting stuff out. What has this been like? I don't either. To You're, be lucky. Honest. You're lucky. It's been about two months now since you launched the Patreon. So tell us a bit about what your expectations were going in and now two months in the added workload and response. Yeah, I don't think we really had expectations at all. No. Um, I mean, expectations have been exceeded. We've um yeah we've had a great response from people so far and we're we're being quite open with our patrons as well we want to know uh what's working and what's not working and everyone's been very positive so far yeah we we watch nxt every wednesday night and we do a podcast and it's free and it's always free uh but people were like hey we want to support you and we want more content from you so it, it kind of sparked that from us uh so we did it we took the when usa launched we launched as well we thought that was a good time for nxt to launch for our launch i mean uh so we did that we created like these new show ideas like the game that we just talked about the survivor series show it was just an idea we came up with uh we came up with a show called was next where we watch old NXT. Uh, and then we come up with this one that we do with a bunch of the movie reviews, but we came up with this this one called Best Match Ever, which I think is the we just like now we're just doing shows that we just like enjoy having conversations. It's like barbershop conversations about who, what's the best match ever. And that's just so, been so much fun. I think for that's us. been my favorite show. Yeah, so we did far. the Rock Austin WrestleMania trilogy and that kind of like blew up. So we did uh, Masawa 
uh, Kobashi and like people are giving us some good responses. So uh, I don't know. It's just been a lot of fun. Definitely. Uh, it's something that's we're 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 still uh, we're still in the shadow of post wrestling. Mm-hmm. But like we we uh, are trying to create like uh, our own original kind of stuff. So we've. I don't know. We feel like we're doing a pretty good job because our response is good. Can I say my favorite thing that um, I know that, that I, I listen to, to you guys? Up next, Patreon supporter, Wei Ting. Well, yeah, but, yes, of course. But um, the thing, my favorite show that you guys do is the one that you do once a month for your world champion team. Oh. Like where you guys don't really talk about any specific show. You just talk about like what's going on in your life. And in particular, that first episode that you did, oh. I've, I've never heard like Braden get so serious. About, that was a shoot. About that was talking a shoot. about like, you know, everything that happened, I guess, you know, when, when – when 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 Fight Network let us go and, and everything that this followed. is a cheap plug from my Patreon. If you want to hear some truths, no, that was that was really Patreon. good. Like and and that's something I've always loved about you guys is just like when you guys just talk about anything, not even having to do with wrestling. I I find that to be personally the most. I, I found it really stuff. captivating the the first episode. I remember I was I was driving home by myself. Actually, I was on this long car ride and I got stuck in traffic for like an hour and a half. So I had this on, and I mean it's you know we we don't. Uh, dwell too much on it but i think it's like worth mentioning the fact that when everything went down with the fight network and stuff like <laughs> way and i were told go away we don't want you working here Braden left on his own yeah. and for a guy in you know in your situation Braden, that was a major step for you to take and it's you know, something that it was your choice to leave. Right. Yeah. Uh, I could have been uh, podcasting about Impact Wrestling to this day. You but would have been the- hosting <laughs> the new law with Jeremy Borash. Yeah, essentially. So uh, I wasn't really cool with that. Uh, I decided to, to not do that and uh, kind of did my own thing. And this is my own thing now. And um, I I scoped out in the indies of podcasting uh, a young Davey Portman. <laughs> and uh, I found him and uh, we started becoming buddies. And uh, I thought that this was kind of the, the right way to, to go about it and uh, i love watching nxt nxt has been so good like even if you're a wrestling fan and you're not watching nxt like what's wrong with you watch it. it's so good it's so crazy it's, it's it's exploding even bigger and that's the show that i've been watching for so long and i know so much about and uh well you're, you're a big wrestling fan as well so we started we clicked instantly and um like i don't want to say oh it's a gamble to just kind of start doing this but like we put a lot of time and effort into consistency. We learned that consistency is, is kind of key. And so every Wednesday when NXT is, is on now, we're going to be doing NXT up next podcast. And that's just what we Thursdays, like. Thursdays you do a, a bit brief uh, review of yeah. AEW as well. Yeah. And I really enjoy that show because neither of us um, sit down and take extensive notes like mm-hmm. we would do with uh, NXT or our other reviews. Right. Um, it's just, we watch it and then, we just go through it in about 20 minutes, half an hour. And it's, it's a good de- debrief. And yeah, like especially with this Wednesday night war thing going on, it's, it's good to reflect on it pretty much straight away. I think last night we, uh, we watched NXT. We did our podcast. We go live on our YouTube. Now we kind of took a page out of your guys's book, uh, after, uh, NXT airs every 10, every Wednesday at 10 30 on our YouTube, you can go and follow us uh, and join in and watch us do our, our podcast, the review on NXT. Uh, and then we've been doing the AEW ones on Thursdays, but those ones are also like the the true hangover show. Yeah, uh, as uh, Davey Portman likes to uh, <laughs> bring bring out the the bubbly and the, uh, the Cape, Cape Cod, the Cape Cods. John's favorite new oh, favorite. It's one, drink. Once we finish the show on a Wednesday, it's is we can wind down a little yeah, bit. It's yeah, nice, definitely. So it's been it's been pretty wild that um, that like I cho- we we chose to to now do a Patreon and it's. Like you said, you got to put more time and more work into it. 
Uh, but I think if you want it to be successful, you do have to treat it like for sure. a job. Yeah, Definitely. I don't have a day off now because yeah, I still we work, work at the bar as we well. We still have our jobs. Um, yeah, yeah. I've dropped like a sh- one shift a week Me too. and kind of moved my schedule around. Uh, so it's different from how it used to be. Mm-hmm. And Wednesdays and Thursdays are our days we work on uh, on the Patreon. So there's not really any downtime anymore, but it's it's good. And hopefully we can grow it to the point where maybe our other jobs we don't have to rely on so much. But uh, that's going to be a way away. But it, we're happy with how it's growing so yeah, far. Yeah, we, we were overwhelmed with how many people have joined our Patreon. It's really apparent that you guys are making your Patreon a priority. And it's not really just there, you know, like for like like a lot of, I think, other Patreons are yes. just kind of there, you know, to catch whatever if you feel like it. But you guys are actually putting effort into, like, making this into something special. So um, really, really, like, happy to see how much you guys have done so far. Thank you. So we're – what are we now? Nine weeks into this whole, like, eight weeks in, nine weeks So it weeks started in? on October 2nd was the first week. So, you know, a month and a half in almost. And so – P- Plus a month. In that time, you know, you guys have been following NXT before and after. How would you say these changes have impacted that show? Yeah, I mean, I've been watching NXT for so long. It's been an hour long show. That's what wasn't like that was on the network. It wasn't a, a thing, and uh, I can tell the difference. Like they definitely have uh, stepped it up. It doesn't feel like it's a developmental show at all. It feels like it's just a wrestling show that airs on uh, a network TV, and that's what it is. So I feel like now that it's two hours, it's it's they did a good job. I rarely feel the drag that yeah, I thought might be a thing. It doesn't uh, feel like they've that. kept to their kind of their sort of plan which is putting on hot matches right. uh, as evidenced last night with there were some fantastic tag matches last Era night on revival. NXT. yeah um and they haven't changed that and maybe they could focus a little bit more on uh some characters and promos and things but for me i i love watching just pure wrestling and it's the show for me yeah definitely we're we're, we're gonna get the the numbers in about uh an hour from now I think we all are assuming this is going to be an NXT win this week. At least it should be. Um, providing, like, jumping ahead, they outdraw AEW this week. How do you view that number, Braden? If you're WWE, how do you react to that number next week and beyond? Do you look at that as um, something that main roster involvement leading to added mm. viewership? Does that kind of change the focus of NXT? Or is it back to kind of their their long-term vision of what NXT is and just having the faith in that product. It's weird. We talked about it on uh, Up Next this week, just yesterday, but th- like leading with the, the the main roster guys involved, it obviously is showing like that there's um, more viewers. So clearly, I think they might continue to do that. We said that the next takeover isn't actually a takeover. It's War of the, well, the Worlds or collide. World Collide. They could the change that. R- Royal Rumble weekend. Yeah. 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 So if it's if it's going to be, I doubt it's going to be Worlds Collide like we've seen it at Access. It's going right. to be a proper arena show. Yeah. I can see them continuing having a crossover between the brands. And I think selfishly, I, I kind of, I don't want to see it be a huge number right. because as much as I love NXT, but I don't want them to go, oh, well, we need Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins we need on, Seth every week. on it every week. And that's not what I want, what I want from NXT. No. I, think. I, I think there's a danger in reading too much into like th- this was, you know, your hotshot week to do this kind of thing that if they were to do this four weeks in a row, it's not going to have the same impact. No. Um, much like we saw with, you know, just bringing the NXT guys up that first SmackDown, it was great. And now it's just become you know, over the course of three weeks, you accept that they're going to be on there and you lose that novelty. So I I think that it's more so important how they react to this number and 
if the idea is, well, now we have to have one person designated for NXT every week, um, that, that, that can work. Like, there can be interesting ways to incorporate main roster people, but to me, it shouldn't come at the detriment of what, what the show is designed to do, which is building up your, your new stars. Absolutely. I think long-term, you know, that, that really... I believe that will continue to be the goal of somebody like Paul Levesque. I don't think he'll he'll want to rely on having you know a, a raw Seth Rollins right. on on every single show. But right now, during this particular period, maybe this type of you know, I, I think if you want to call it sort of like a, a, a easing into introducing the NXT roster to a main main roster audience. I could see this going on maybe for a, a, at least another month if they find this that successful. I think primarily it's like the integration on the main roster shows that's really helping right now. Yeah, I, I'd i be happy with uh, more of the sort of floating champions, like the women's tag team yeah. championship. Sure. I'd like to kind of maybe maybe move the men's tag team right. championship to just one title you know, like- and have that go across. Because we were saying on the show last night, the main roster has good tag teams, but they're split oh across two brands, and it's dude. It the, just it gets hopped around, and you think if you just had one men's tag team across three brands, one women's, and that's the way you can have your stars come on NXT once every now and then. Getting to see like O'Reilly and Fish versus the Revival to me right? last night was like in wrestling that type of style of match was like telling me. WWE could be doing this every day. I they know. have everybody under their roster, and this is the type of match that could they could potentially do. Like, think about everything that that's not even you know not even a part of this whole thing. Like, like your mustache mountains and everything. Everything, yeah. they have, everybody they have under a they WWE own, roster, yeah. they could make this type the, of the match. The roster has week. never never approached this level of talent but that they why have. Are we getting these so matches? Why isn't it happening? Why are why? they saving it for a studio in front of five hundred people instead of their arena? Why is it could that be putting on these matches? Yeah, I, something in wrestling. There's a, like my two big gripes in wrestling is. Why is there borders of like back in the day, you, you know, there was a hot talent who's all of a sudden an up and coming wrestler. They would put him on TV really quick and then he'd catch on and be a star. Like that's just kind of not, maybe not what's they're waiting till you blow up already and get that that hot rocket and then they take it and then it's not cool anymore. So I feel like that's kind of something. Another thing. So it's like the, the, the borders of this is main roster. Well, this this can't happen because he can't fight him because they're not on the same show. It's like, who cares? Just wrestle. They're wrestlers. Like if this was a sport, then you could still have baseball team. It's different, but it's not. But uh, another thing is also like general managers is the thing. I can't watch main roster wrestling or whatever you call it because there's always someone being like. So they've gotten rid of that yeah, for now. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. want them to bring it back? No, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I, I'm enjoying that. Right. So when NXT turned to two 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 hours i'm thinking okay it's going to start with the 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 whole wwe style with the everything and and it's it's not they haven't even done that there's not even a lot of like promos that that in nxt thus far it's a lot of just wrestling and that's kind of i i personally watch wrestling for like the matches the quality i get so into the storytelling of that and they take that away from me in wwe sometimes so i don't know but watching all this kind of connect and stuff uh i don't know i i also feel like Going to the the main roster people invading when it all started with this Finn Balor turn, I feel is when it kind of felt uh, more natural, and now that's kind of taking the stink, uh, stinking that up because you're bringing in all these other people at the same time, and you're teasing your Kevin Owens and stuff, which is really cool and it'll bring ratings. But how many people are we going to bring into this? It's just WWE killing anything. Yeah, anything it's like, that oh, gets it's popular. Cool. Yeah. It's like the Fandango theme gets popular, so they they overkill turn it into it. a meme and overkill it. And yeah. it's been the same with these invasions. We had. Four matches ending with run-ins on NXT yesterday. Yeah. We're not so, used to that on NXT. And as I said, do we need 
do we really need Hawkins and Ryder running out at the end of the show? Like we don't. You <laughs> why, had why you had your care? angle with the men, your angle with the women, and that's it. But it's oh, the NXT thing was great on that SmackDown when everyone was stranded in Saudi Arabia. Let's do that every single week. And it's like, well, come on, Too be much. creative, guys. They've had they've had a really strange task of having to build to two separate pay per views in this stretch. Um, you know, a ch- more a bigger challenge than certainly they've had on Raw and SmackDown. How do you feel like NXT has done? I think very well. Um, just little touches, like at the end of that SmackDown, Champa looking over at the gold mm-hmm. last night. Uh, Champa's running out to kind of save NXT, but gives a knee to yeah, the head of Adam Cole on Adam the way. Cole on the way there. Um, and I think that's refreshing because we haven't seen that on main roster. When like DIY last year went or beginning of this year moved up to Raw for a few weeks when they were about you knew they were about to have that huge clash. Clash. Mm-hmm. Um, they I think they were effectively building to each thing. And it was like last week when all the different like factions were warring against each other. And I think they've done it really well. And you've got to keep on top of it. You kinda of gotta be following the stories as a fan otherwise it is confusing but they have had attention to detail there i i enjoyed it too just the, the fact that you you could have somebody like tomaso champa want to get in the ring and attack seth rollins while making sure that you retain that rivalry with uh, adam cole i think it yeah. shows a, a, i think a deal of respect for your audience yeah. to to not just say oh they're teaming together all of a sudden um yeah I think that when you look at the the totality of this this one month uh, promotion, I think coming out of it, I, I think that Adam Cole has greatly benefited from this. I think that he has been positioned as the top guy in NXT, and I think that at the end of this weekend, if you look at the idea that he's going to have the the War Games match and then likely defending his title on on Sunday in a really hot match, that I think Adam Cole comes out of this really feeling uh, more popular than he did before this. And a ladder match just in the same week. Yeah, poor guy. Poor guy. This has been an incredibly uh, busy week for him. I've liked the build of for War Games and Survivor Series, but it's always it's always the same thing for these. It's like the brand supremacy, so it's kind of just cheap, like lame. But at the same time, uh, I I was more into the women's War Games build because it's like it hasn't been a thing before. And what just, what are the stakes you would add? Like what what do you think would be you, something that would be of interest that could make this valuable beyond uh, you know essentially nothing? Yeah, I mean it's like to solve to solve issues like that's pretty much it uh i mean shayna baszler's been running the women's division for so long and literally her whole team is like challenged her for the title and like lost so it's also just kind of weird but um same with the men's there's not really i'm not sure why the match is happening i didn't really know there was a a war games for the men's until they just kind of threw away comment one time so i would say the the build for the war games for me wasn't as like you said. There's not really any stakes, but the women's one I, I'm more interested in as well. But then uh, when you go over to Survivor Series, I'd say I'm a little bit more excited for that show uh, than War Games this this upcoming weekend, which is odd for me. But I think for match quality, it's it's more of one of those sort of WrestleMania weekend dream cards, yeah, rather exactly. than like who you don't watch main roster at all. I I catch up with you guys and watch it when I'm in, but really. I don't need to know the story for Roderick Strong, Nakamura. Yeah, that's the match I want to see the most Um, this week. And realistically, it's probably a dumb story if they are doing it. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to see the matches. And I think that's what makes Survivor Series interesting this year. Definitely. We have a lot of people that I think wanted to speak to the BDE Uh in the Post Wrestling Cafe. So let's go to the phone lines right now and uh, get to this caller. Caller, you're 
on with Braden and Davey and post wrestling. What's up? Can you hear us? Hey, this is Tim from Ohio. Can you guys hear me? Tim. Hi, Tim. Tim. What's Hi, Tim. going on, Tim? Yeah, I met all you guys at, in New York at uh, the live show. Yes. But, Braden, to answer your question, if you're not watching NXT, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I don't know how many people, like, the cancel culture is like a buzzword now. But I can tell you, I mean, for one, for years, just WWE wasn't scratching my itch. But after the Khashoggi thing with the Prince, I I was just done. I don't pay attention to WWE. I don't give them my money. I don't watch them. It's fair. Definitely fair. A lot of people, a lot of, a, a few of our friends canceled the network. Sorry, but are you making an exception for NXT or are you not watching NXT for that reason? No WWE, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a attack I'm going to disagree with. I mean, it was. I, I think that there is something that if you're going to be following WWE, there are concessions you're going to have to make from a certain moral standpoint. That I mean, for some, it's going to be uh, the third rail that they are not going to touch. That they that it's just too much for them, and they don't want to support this company. And you you can't argue with that if that's where, where your stance is. But that. That is a negotiation that I think fans um, have to make a lot within professional wrestling and not just WWE. And I'm not going to lie. It's not fun. I grew I live an hour from Cleveland, Ohio. Johnny Gargano oh. is one of the guys. Have you been to the pizza place? Into... I've never been to the pizza place. <laughs> no. no. OK. Let us know when you go there. You could go there. They you know, they're not involved with the WWE. You could go and try the Gargano's pizza. That's true, but I mean, yeah, it does suck because EC3 was Mike Hutter, Raymond Rowe, Johnny, M-Dog 20. Those were the guys that got me into indie wrestling in like 2006. And now most of those guys are in WWE and they're just gone to me. There's a rumor that EC3 is in WWE. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What will it take uh, for WWE to get you back or, or is it that far gone now? I don't know, because here's the thing. You guys are saying, oh, this one thing is so great now. But it sounds like, I mean, my God, I can't, I don't, you know, and the proof is I'm paying, I'm subscribing for post-wrestling right now. Um, Brian Alvarez's show is running on Sports Byline, which I used to listen to. And now I'm not because he just sounds absolutely miserable. And what is most of what he watches and covers? the main roster wwe yeah it's it, it's at a time now where i think that there it, there's this in, interesting like wedge between fans that will believe that there is so much complaining and criticism while at the same time i think you're now getting so many more alternatives that i think it does shine a light on wwe that what is often just given a pass is more scrutinized now because you are seeing alternatives of wrestling can be done in a much more satisfying way that is less insulting that if something is teased it will be played out upon that logic does matter in certain places and all of these complaints it's filling a vacuum that the wwe has created that it's it's often i think taken for granted uh by the company of what their fans will just simply accept and move on and now that you have alternatives, it's going to amplify that volume, I think. 
Thank you for the call, Tim. Appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate everyone calling in today. Uh, we're going to try and keep them uh, brief because we want to get as many people on as possible. If you want to give us a call, 732-800-4423 or Skype in searching for Post Wrestling. We're also going to get into a preview of both shows coming up Saturday and Sunday night. But uh, let's let's do another phone call before we start our preview. Back to the phone lines. Hansi, you're on. What's oh, going boy. on? What's going on, guys? How are, y'all? How are all of you? Yo, what's good, Hansi? What's good? What's good, man? I, I just got to say that... um. As much as I between uh, you know NXT, Raw, and SmackDown, um, and you know like the like the uncontrollable chaos that's like been going on, especially like on NXT, I was kind of hoping that there would be a kind of a break in the sense that there would be like more more of a promos setting up some of these matches. I agree. And and I and I kind of dislike that. Like I understand Triple H is like the the lead guy in all this, but it always seems like it's just people doing his. Like you, know, you could have guys on the main roster basically saying that you know Triple H was molding us, but um he he basically left us in the dust, and he's gonna do the same thing to you guys. Mm. Like I would have much preferred Regal, um being the main guy actually you know. Uh, Taking taking the lead and and you know I, I guess cause they, they don't have general managers anymore on the main rosters but I would have liked William Regal to actually take the role the the lead instead of Triple H. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, I, I think you go with you know it's just Paul Levesque is so synonymous as the the person attached with NXT. I really don't mind that because at the very least, as I said this week, is that at least you have had your spokesman in. Triple H, and you can at least understand what NXT is fighting for in all of this, that here is the underground group that is trying to prove that they are equal, if not superior, than Raw and SmackDown. But in the opposite direction, what are Raw and SmackDown fighting for? Like, it's just, to me, you have to pretty much write out your own storyline in your head to make sense of what are they fighting for? Why do I want to see them win? And I think when you when you eliminate that and put that, that onus on the audience, it's it's just bad storytelling when you have to be the one to put the whole story together. Like, do you remember last year, SmackDown lost every single match at Survivor Series? Oh, yeah. That story's already there. That's why SmackDown yeah. won to win this year. Totally. Oh, like, yeah. that's so easy thing to is, though, everybody switches places. Everyone so switches, really... but you yeah. can still, I mean... That's, that's another thing. I'm watching, I'm watching the Invasion thing, and literally all the people have been through NXT. Mm-hmm. So why would they give it shit? You have, like, about... Street Profits all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. that's what made me so NXT. mad. And you can tell the face on Montez was just like... <sighs> It's unfortunate timing as well because we've just had the draft. If Survivor Series was in six months' time and you've really solidified these brands and had them, apart from maybe your women's tag, had them very unique to their brands, this would be such more of a bigger deal when you're Mm -hmm. seeing all these crossovers. But it's it's just unfortunate timing with Fox and its Survivor Series in November every year. And it was always something that they would do with the Survivors. It was like one month. Raw and SmackDown hate each other. But for 11 other months, yeah. it's like when they would do the superstar shakeup, there was no discontent from performers that were moved Raw to SmackDown, vice versa. They came out with smiles on their faces. There's no animosity throughout the whole year that even gives you the perception of a grudge between these groups that, of course, there's not going to be any emotional stakes for the audience to care one way or the other. I think that this year they got the shot in the arm because it is the involvement of NXT and getting to see pairings that are fresh, that yeah. audiences are always going to l- crave, you know, fresh blood being injected and interesting pairings that you don't typically see. Back to the phone lines and apologies if you can't, can't get across. We only have one line, so 
please keep calling in. We'll, we'll be going probably all the way up until the numbers come in in about 45 minutes. So back to the phone lines right now. Caller, what's up? Hey, it's Paul from New Jersey, guys. Hello, hey, Paul. Paul. Man, uh, yeah. Um, I wanted to start off. There was two things on my mind. Um, first with the Jim Cornette thing. And uh, I do lean left in my policy. Over the past five years, I have gotten... Sorry, lost you. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Paul. Please call back. We're probably having some connection issues. Uh, we'll have to take your phone call again another time. Uh, Jared, you're on the line. What's up? Hello, Jared. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, guys, are you there? Hey, hey, we're here. Go ahead, Jared. What is uh, your question this week, guys? Um, just before, I think I heard uh, Davey talking about what an incredible schedule Adam Cole has this week with the the ladder match and then the uh, the takeover match and then at Survivor Series as well. It got me really thinking. I only was just able to consume, well, finish consuming this week the match between uh, Moxley and Omega, and the reason it took me that long to actually consume was it was a match that I did have and and it was hard to get through because of the style of match that it was. Am I wrong in thinking that a match like that where it was far too long, it was two wrestlers that were incredibly talented that I think got put in this sort of garbage match. It was goofy with all the chains and mousetraps and yet the bumps that they took and the barbed wire and the glass and the actual cutting of flesh and stuff. Am I wrong in thinking that this is somehow worse or it should be taken differently to the guys who put themselves through such physical tolls every weekend, like a Darby Allen and his coffin drop on the, mm. the side of the ring or Pent, uh, Pentagon Jr., you know, doing a destroyer off a ladder through one of the young bucks. Like, is this somehow different? Is there... Where's the moral compass gauge? Where where should we be looking at this type of match in comparison to guys who actually put themselves through physical tolls each and every week in, in hard-hitting physical matches? The way I see it, I think uh, when Wei and I reviewed Fighter Fest, we had this kind of conversation, and uh, it's one of those things, the, the barbed wire, the thumbtacks, all that, is going to get such a different reaction from an audience because... I think everyone at some point has like pricked their thumb on a needle or something like that and knows the the pain, but also it, it's a flesh wound. So that's going to heal and isn't really going to have long-term effects on your body. So part of me, as as much as I'm not a huge fan of that style of match, you kind of think the longevity there, rather than say an Ibushi and Naito who are just repeatedly dropping each other on the heads, doing hard way headbutts and things like that, uh, which, as you said, like your moral compass, which, which way do you lean on? And personally, I think taking a backdrop on some barbed wire, it's going to suck. Don't get me wrong. But in a week's time, you're probably going to be healed up and it's not going to affect you. That's kind of how I feel. You like headbutts would hurt. To me, anything to do with concussions or the neck, that stuff uh, often you really can't recover, uh, recover from. And that to me, it, it, any risk of permanent injury, I'm not really a fan of. So Or chronic pain. Chronic pain. Gonna have. Like things like thumbtacks. Obviously, there's a great deal of risk involved. But if you there's, a, I think, a way to do it safely so that you can recover from it. And that doesn't affect you long long term. Um, anything can go wrong at any time, of course. But I, I, I like, 
I think, calculated risk in my wrestling. And to me, a thumbtack is not something I would do all the time, but I would still consider it a calculated and risk. And gets a huge reaction and maybe yeah. bigger than a German suplex to the back of the neck. Well, I think Lego would hurt more, though. That's more of a reliable... I don't know. Like, realistically, there needs to be a, a way to test what could fuck you up more. <laughs> you could do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't hey, know if that could be that a world champion, too. Yeah, Let's I, test it out. Tread um, on a piece of Lego and tread on a thumbtack. Which like, one hurts Lego more? Could, could lead to mm-hmm. more severe injuries than an actual thumbtack. Right, I got Lego, so if you want to <laughs> yeah. test right now. Back to the phone lines. Gary, you're on. What's up? Hi, guys. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller uh, from the UK. Long-time, first-time. Hey. Um, I loved the the NXT show last night, but I'm a bit worried that they kind of blew past all these big returns like Drew McIntyre and even Shinsuke and things like that. Do you yes. think that's going to hurt them down the road? Yeah, well, I mean, it depends if, if you're going to be leaning on this. I mean, you either view it as, well, this is a Survivor Series, this is our one night to do this, and we won't revisit these main roster guys showing up for another year. Um, but if, if the idea is, well, this, this rating was great. We want to continue this. Uh, yeah, the novelty is going to wear off. Uh, what was it? Yeah. Too many guys showing up last night. I mean, to me, w- once you're going above two or three, it kind of just becomes a blur. Like no one is going to have the same impact of yeah. the first one. Becky got a huge pop. Rollins got a notable pop. Um, but it's, uh, to me, was there anybody caring that Ryder was there? Was there anybody caring that the Street Profits were there? No. So it just becomes a flood of people where it's diminishing returns. There are people to wear shirts. You know, let's be honest. They're generic bodies to put on yeah. whatever shirt that they're supposed like to wear. Like you just said, uh, Drew McIntyre. I was like, oh, yeah, he did show up, didn't he? Yeah. Well, sure. they want to pick and choose as well who is – like when Asuka came back, they made it very clear she had this huge run in NXT. They wanted you to remember that this is her return to full sale. Whereas I think that closing segment last night was, no, these are Raw and SmackDown guys. Yeah. So Although they did forget str- that they were They did strategically pick people that had been through NXT, though, for the most yeah, part. Yeah. We had Nakamura. I guess yeah, Cesaro, even. Yeah, technically, you know? yeah. But they had champions, but they didn't really even recognize them. They had three champions, yeah. but True. they didn't right. even say that. It was weird. So. Thank you for the call, Gary. Uh, back to the phone lines. Caller, who is this? Hey, it's Paul from New Jersey. Again. Paul, sorry, sorry we got disconnected there. Uh, please finish your thought. Oh, no problem. I was just uh, saying that, like, you know, I am a person who, like, does get tired of the PC stuff sometimes. But with court, like, how do you not understand what you said was so stupid? I mean, a bucket of chicken in Ethiopia, it's like you should be ashamed of yourself. And I think partnering that with other stuff he said, I think I'm just done with that guy. And, you know, I don't want to focus on the negative uh, too much because... I mean, we've seen so much great wrestling lately on NXT and AEW and even stuff with like with like Ray and Brock. But um, and especially like I get so excited when an Alistair Black promo uh, occurs, I think, just like the rest of the board um, for you guys. And <laughs> I also want to say I've been loving um, my favorite thing on the BDE Patreon uh, is was next because I came back into wrestling around like 2013, 14. OK, so I did miss. Yeah. So I missed some of that stuff. And it's really been cool to kind of like catch up on it and see what you guys think of it wow um so there's a lot of a great stuff going on but i wanted to ask you you know because i didn't want to just be all negative but with the lashley lana and rusev angle <laughs> um yeah I, <laughs> I wanted i wanted i wanted to say some uh, nice stuff in this crap sandwich um but this to me and and i do have a tendency of sometimes asking you guys questions you can't possibly have the answer to but it seems like with – I know in the past Lana has said some really stupid things and her behaviors, and I know Rusev has been unhappy. What part of you – do you think there's any chance that this is like a punishment angle of 
you guys didn't do the things we want and you've, you've stepped out of line. So now we're going to, you know, punish you a little bit. I feel like this is more of an answer for John away, but I want to step in because I'm a big fan of, uh, uh, Maria Canellis for years, one of my favorites ever. Uh, and then I feel like they were going in this direction with Maria and Mike Bennett. Oh. And then all of a sudden, they're off TV. It's gone. It's disappeared. And now, uh, for some reason, uh, the word, like the cuck holding thing, was brought into that. And now all of a sudden, it's like it's brought into a different thing. You kind of have to, like, I mean, look at some of that and yeah. maybe the track record of, like, I don't know, items like this, gimmicks like this. Yeah. And in particular, just these two recent scenarios. And is it is it a coincidence mm. that they are both going to, I would say, eh, somewhat outspoken members right. of, of the roster on social media? People who might have been, you know, having contract negotiation issues or whatnot. Um we can only speculate because mm-hmm. we don't know. Because I, I do think there's also a real possibility that Vince McMahon thinks this is the best way <laughs> to get these people over. And that he in his mind, there's nothing oh nothing wrong with this. I also think kind of we as the fans are partly to blame because how often are people still clamoring for the Attitude Era? Like people yeah. have glorified the Attitude right. Era, like the late 90s, early 2000s, the where this shit happened more? all the time. And to be honest, it was kind of terrible then. Yeah, But... With, like, rose-tinted glasses and hindsight, everyone's like, oh, it was so good back then. Like, when, fuck all this PG nonsense we have now. And they're like, all right, you want that back? Here it is. Here's and we're like, oh, no, actually, we, we don't we think like about the that. attitude, we want Rock and Hogan. We yeah. don't want Choppy Choppy or PP. We don't really want... And I think there's a distinction that I think that the main complaint now is that it's... These characters are so packaged in such a way that there is zero spontaneity. And I think that is the biggest difference that you watch uh, a segment like uh, Jericho leading a promo with the inner circle and playing off the crowd and just having that ability to just just freestyle. And that is just, you know, that's a small example, but I think that is something that you never see in a, in, a, in a WWE ring. It's just, it is so packaged, and I don't think people are clamoring for Naked Midian or Mae Young. It's, it's there, there's a lot of shit from the Attitude Era, but I think that there was a general ethos at that time, especially in the late 90s, that it was allowing personalities to be amplified and have that, that leeway that is so foreign from today's main roster product. Like, I'm, I'm a 28-year-old dude. I would love to see story like I loved uh, the Edge and Matt, Matt Hardy, all that stuff. Like that is a way to get you interested in the match. I love when you uh, when you bring in uh, like sex and relationships into this. Th- these this is a show, a weekly TV show. Well, let me tell you though, that was only two thousand five. That same portrayal of Lita today would be <laughs> yes, absolutely yes, appalling. Yes, and yes. there would be so much of criticism of Lita being positioned of in course. the way she was. Definitely, I just I, I think there is a, a better way to get me into matches that involve like relationships and sex like that the better me and you could write a better angle in five minutes where uh lashley got lana got caught cheating with bobby and then they're instantly heels you get the heel heat it's not hard to do it's so simple watch how many movies how many tv shows where sex is instantly brought in brings you in you want to know what rusev like i watched the saudi show and i will not lie to you a 0.00.3% 0.00.3% of me was like, okay, but is he gonna, is Lashley gonna, are they gonna fight now? Cause there, there's, there should be so much animosity between these two men. And then I was like, uh, I don't really care. And, and then, should be a hero here, but yeah, he keeps he should losing. Be a hero. So you go, not only has your wife left you, but yeah. you look like a loser. It's just as dumb. Well. It's just dumb. Like, watch, I, 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 I would, you would think that it should be working in these kinds of stories, but instead we get this weird, it's just so stupid. <laughs> 
Back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with the BDE in post wrestling. What's up? Oh, hey, how are you? No. Uh oh. He's <laughs> the hero of wrestling himself. I, I thought we reached our quota this week with Brandon, but he's back for more. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about not calling it because I, I, I think I uh, heard enough of the. If you want to listen to this week's Rewind Away, covering Heroes of Wrestling, Brandon joined us for 25 minutes. And Brandon, it was like the most uh, cohesive discussion we've ever had with you. I I know, right? Especially when we never met, right? We could have had a a cohesive discussion. But the, the goal, the, the key is get Brandon just an hour before he has to go to work. That is when he's in prime uh, Brandon man. form. Right now, God knows what Brandon's been doing in the lead up to this call. But we're always we're always grateful to have you on the show, Brandon. Uh, I love you guys. Um, was that uh, one, one question from that show uh, that I was on? Um, was ninety nine? Was that peak of his powers? Uh, Iron Sheik with the Stern show appearances and stuff like that, or or was that before his run? Huh. That was around the time he was starting to. I, I don't know when he first went on Stern. I, I want to say it was more into the two thousands that he started mm. doing. Um, you know, the Iron Sheik. It, it's a very like tragic story because you know his daughter w- was murdered several years after mm. that that Heroes of Wrestling show, and I, I mean it. You don't recover from something like that, and I think you, you have to look at the Iron Sheik. That as much as he's looked at as this uh, comedic, outspoken figure, like this is a man that went through a horrific, horrific tragedy uh, several years after that, and just you know, you, you got all the crazy Iron Sheik stories after that. A serious question before I, I, I get out of here: um, Are you surprised the revival is not on on the Survivor Series? I mean, especially the show is being sponsored by Career Builder. I mean, on a side note, I, I, I applied, I applied for a job through Career Builder in in '08, and I still haven't heard back from no them. No luck. Yet. No luck. I mean, Match.com. I was more successful getting a job than Career Builder. Wait, do you do you use Match.com, but you don't use pictures of your actual face because you always cover your face on social media. Hey, ladies love a good mystery, right, Braden? Right. Uh, I also should be very careful. Uh, there was a, a recently a group chat made uh, with the the BDE, myself and Davey, and uh, Brandon from New Jersey was somehow added into the group chat without my uh, knowledge or consent. consent. Uh, so, uh, okay, I absolutely don't want to know what <laughs> the contents of this group chat are. With so, Brandon, as always, thank you very much. I love you guys. Thank you, Brandon. See ya. Oh boy. Um, are we so continuing on here? Chris from L.A. Uh, oop, oh, there we are. There we go. You got to answer it first. Chris from L.A., you're in the cafe. What's going on? Oh, hey, what's up, man? Let me mute this because I'm – okay. Nothing just got out. just got done teaching my last class for the day. Brandon, uh, Chris is a, a very a very busy professor out there making time to join us here on the cafe hangout. Uh, what is on your mind, Chris? What do you, do you want to chat about? Um, I want to talk about – Cornette stuff. How it's gonna play out? Has he has he apologized yet? No. So here was the confusion: is that on an Instagram account that that looked fairly legitimate? Like you can look at the past photos, and it's plugging like dates for Bobby Eaton, and it's all like the 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 tip of it was a lower. It was like under a thousand followers, but nonetheless, there was an apology posted late uh, Wednesday night uh, that. 
I assumed was legitimate. It was not. Jim Cornette has since uh, gone out of his way to clarify he has not apologized (laughs) at all. Right. uh, So he has not apologized, and he's going to address it Friday on his podcast and say whatever he's going to about the whole uh, deal that went down. But, uh, Chris, I'm I'm sure you're going to cover this with Nate on your next show. But, uh, I mean, what are some of your um, conclusions about this whole story and – and the utilization of Jim Cornette for companies out there. I mean, is this going to be kind of the the end point for companies employing him, or will there be uh, a company out there that let, let's be honest, he's a he's a fantastic commentator in that role. Is he worth the risk that he obviously comes with? Yeah, it's you know I'm a, I grew up a big Jim Cornette fan, so it's difficult. But he's got to be you know he's got to be held accountable for this kind of speech. Um, it's, um, one of those things where, um, it's, he's got this real archaic mindset when it comes to wrestling. Um, and you know, when you don't evolve, you kind of get, you know, you get left behind and I think he's kind of left behind at the moment. Um, I, I really do. I don't think that Jim Cornette is a gratuitous racist, but this is an ongoing problem with him. I mean, in the last year, he's called several women cunts on his podcast. Jesus. Um, he's um, – He had the Sunny Kiss you know, incident. Called, yeah, he called Sunny Kiss a transvestite. He said that um, Justin the, – The Jim uh, Smallman thing, Justin Roberts. So I mean, Roberts. You, listen, yeah. the, the, like no promotion at this point can be – Touch him. Like, no, it's not even that they can't touch him. It's that if you're hiring this guy, you understand what comes with Jim Cornette. Like, right. it's not a secret. You're not going to be blindsided by any comments. This is going to happen. So you have to make that. The, and the NWA had to know that going into this. This is not something new. He's going to speak his mind about this. He's going to offend people for sure. And I do not agree right. with these comments that he makes but i'm not going to cut slack either for companies that are going to use them because with the good that jim Cornette can bring to your product he is going to bring you all of this bad publicity as well it's inevitable you gotta hold right. nwa it's- accountable as well because this this wasn't like it was live it wasn't like it was said on a live broadcast this was taped and mm. edited and why yeah. did this slip through the net yeah absolutely right. it's the same thing with like that roseanne situation right where um she like abc gave her a sitcom they tried to you know do her a solid and you know she goes on twitter it says the stuff that she says and it's like but it's up to you you as the the viewer the listener or whatever like i like you like you said you grew up watching uh when i got into wrestling i went and just watched every wrestling i could ever watch and jim Cornette was all over it and you know what i was a big fan as a kid watching jim Cornette. i thought he was a dick whenever he was on commentary everything i loved it uh but i myself as a wrestling fan as an adult realized a few years ago you you know what i don't follow this guy i don't like anything he says he says things that make me uh feel uh not good so i t- i unfollowed him years ago i don't fall fo- i didn't watch power simply because he was on it uh they did a great thing because maybe now i will watch it because i've heard it's really good so uh that's just <laughs> like so we had a guy earlier on this show saying he does not watch wwe at all because of things they've done that's his decision you can make the decision not to follow Cornette if he chooses to go don't go listen to that podcast. I'm not going to go listen to it. Don't. Yeah, I think that's cheap as well. Yeah, that's cheap. He, knows he wants you to listen to his number. podcast. So, sh- so oh, shit. He's fully like taking advantage yeah. of any type of like, you know. Well, well that's right. the element now is the do not apologize because you're going to just reinforce 
to your base of like this guy's not standing stepping down he is this is a guy that says it like it is and you just turn it into a censorship issue which this is not that um but let me ask you this chris had had the optics of this been different in the sense that the nwa and jim Cornette come out on tuesday night apologizing do you view that any differently if if it had been an immediate apology from jim Cornette? Or do you just look at the track record that this was ultimately that this relationship had to end? Um, I, I think ultimately this was this was the end result of it. I, I like I said, I love Jim Cornette. I met him when I was a kid. Um, him and Macho Man were playing um, miniature golf at this uh, <laughs> thing for it was a WWE thing. It was they were playing like miniature golf and Jim Cornette like purposely through the game being a hill um it was fun times and you know it's a it, you know i like the guy but you know this that kind of language doesn't fly you know i block people on social media all the time just because they they're they do that stuff and you know i've been listening to, to you guys um since i was in college and i've just seen the way the wrestling industry has evolved since then because i remember back in the day where you know, all this like racial rhetoric and this hate would just kind of spill out. And I don't see, I see that stuff getting frowned upon um, a lot more than I used to. So I think it's, it's helpful for show like with shows like this and um, just to have a dialogue because I don't think, I think Jim Cornette is progressive in certain areas, but when it comes to actual implementation of you know language and just being sensitive towards that kind of stuff i i, I think he's um behind the times and i i wish he would change but um i i just i mean he what is he like 50 something i just think he is going to be who he is and maybe he doesn't belong in the wrestling industry maybe he belongs podcasting maybe he belongs on the fringes but not actually you know in the business fair yeah, I, I just think that overall it's not a case of going back, well, he said it so many years ago, or just looking at things that were just were were brushed off that happened years ago. Like, we should be hopefully improving, improving this industry right. that it's typically, it's, I, I just think that it's for so long you have fans that are on the receiving end of these just, just these jokes and all of this stuff that yeah. I think just can be... The industry can just be presented in a lot classier fashion, and you move, you evolve. It's it's not about litigating the past of angles that were twenty years ago and being horrified at twenty year old angles. It's okay. That's where the industry was. Two thousand nineteen. It's a different time. Hopefully, our standards have raised along that time. It's not a bad thing to be hopefully evolving. The problem comes that you're going to get a segment of people that believe it's not evolution. That it's just the PC culture taking over. It's just to me, um, to me, a more, a, a, just a better presentation of wrestling to hopefully have higher standards. And, and, and it sucks because uh, unfortunately for Jim Cornette, he has that, uh, that audio of him saying how he didn't like, he promoted N word usage for angles and stuff like that, how he was fine with it. And then that started recirculating, you know, and then people were getting mad, like saying, hey, that's a long time ago. But the, unfortunately, that stuff is fair game once you do something like that again, right? It's like with uh, 
if you saw like Jared from some Subway, Subway hanging out at a high school, you know, <laughs> you can't. It, it is what it is. It's there. David David has a shocked face because I think you just uh, let David know about Jared from Subway. <laughs> I'm I'm lost. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 no, I'm sorry. Fill me in later. We don't have enough time yeah. to go into the, the right. story there. Thank but you very much for the right. call, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Um, I do want to get a little bit into these shows this weekend, but any uh, final thoughts just on that on that story? I guess you know the latest will be whatever yeah. Cornette says Friday, yeah. but. Listen, I I think the guy is a tremendous talent. I think he's a phenomenal historian as well. But there is um, this element of Jim Cornette that is, you know, that that's a part of Jim Cornette as well. And this has been something that has followed him. This is not the first company that has cut ties with him. I want to say, like, you know, on the on the whole, I think um, maybe discussion about how this came through, how this got through uh, because it was a tape show. Uh, definitely NWA should be held accountable i believe they are you know holding themselves accountable by implementing you know new uh, apologizing and also implementing new new review procedures but we wouldn't be having this conversation had you know whoever was editing the show edited this this comment out we wouldn't be talking about jim Cornette. we wouldn't be talking about this what probably would have been an ongoing issue with Jim Cornette had, you know, the editing been as I think is seamless. I mean, of course, NWA would have preferred this not hurt their reputation by coming out publicly like this. At the same time, um, this man should not be continually protected in the edit room yeah, exactly. every single time. Yeah, I, I, so the fact that this came out, I think, is an overall positive. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, yeah, it sucks that someone didn't catch this. But at the same time, like, yeah, that sucks. But he's still the, the problem. So to me. All right, let's uh, get into the shows coming up here as we are uh, running up here on the, the top of the hour. So starting off with War Games on Saturday night, we have four matches announced. Um, let, let's start with the, the first War Games match, which is the men's match with Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong against Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic with a mystery partner that it sounds like they're just going to reveal come match time or the day of. And yeah, they're teasing that it will be... Something something big, whoever this uh, partner is. Predictions? I see uh, Team Champa winning this. Uh, I think it's it can set up a lot of uh, title matches going forward. You can have uh, like Riddle going after Roddy again. You can have Dijakovic and Keith Lee teaming up, which I think would be awesome against uh, Fish and O'Reilly. And obviously, I, they're clearly building towards Adam Cole and Champa. And I think for this to happen, the baby faces have to win. Yeah, I think Undisputed Era should. I think they lost last year. They won the first yeah. one. They lost last year. Yeah, yeah I think they can. Uh, I think they can lose the match. Now, I, I think we we made some predictions on Up Next that you want to see Velveteen Dream come down like Rambo, going to war in War Games. Um, I think that is the possibility. Because other than that, I don't like. I saw some people on Twitter, and Twitter loves to be Twitter, and they're like, oh, it's it's a new signee. They're going to bring in like a new big name. And I just don't know if that kind of makes sense. If you're just going to go up against Undisputed Era, you want someone who's got beef with them, yeah. and that is Velveteen Dream. I feel Undisputed have the excuse as well. Like, as the heels, yeah. the next week they can go, look, we, we all had title defenses on Sunday, yeah. like, or we had bigger matches. Sure. Yep. Uh, so I think it makes sense yeah. that way. Yeah, I'm interested because I do feel cold defends his title Sunday night and comes out strong in in that particular match. And then, yeah, you could have a challenger 
setup here with Ciampa being the, the natural one. I guess the question is, when do you pull the trigger on a match like that, given that we're skipping the next takeover in January for WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. So that's unless you're doing this on TV or they somehow do this at that Worlds Collide yeah, tournament in January, our next takeover is months away. Or they could add a takeover like they did with uh, yeah. 25. That's true. They could do one, you know. February, I guess, would February, be probably yeah. the what you would have to do. Probably in the next AEW pay-per-view. The Worlds yeah. Collide the thing is after. weird, though, because the Worlds Collide thing is like kind of what they're doing right now with their Survivor Series. Where it's all the brands. Yeah, it's kind of silly, so they maybe should take and, it and away. And they're really promoting that as kind of like interpromotional matches as opposed to doing like an NXT title match. Like it would be, you know, you would get maybe Adam Cole versus someone on the Raw Walter roster. Or all something. the mixing yeah. of rosters. Yeah. Um, then we have the women's one. This has been like this has really been a, a Sean a spotlight onto the women's division mm-hmm. and the depth they have here. So on one side, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim, while they'll have a camera on Dakota Kai watching on the network from home <laughs> against Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray, who uh, comes in to join here. And I could see Dakota Kai having some kind of uh, involvement here mm-hmm. as well. They they are certainly pushing that story very hard of her being. Uh, the weak link that didn't get chosen by Rhea Ripley. And yeah, I, I think this match is going to just tear down the house. I think the audience is going to be really solidly into this match. And I'm most curious to see how Shayna Baszler is coming out of this weekend because she, to me, is one of the big stars for the next night. And this could be another case of, you know, getting to Baszler and Rhea Ripley, which seems to be uh, one destination. Yeah, I see in, in this case uh, Baszler and her team winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she needs to look strong going in uh, on Sunday and I see her winning on Sunday as well. Um, I can see Dakota Kai getting involved. I don't think a heel turn is coming, but I can see her trying to help her team and inadvertently costing them. Oh, them no, much. not Dakota. Don't yeah. do it. Uh, I think the... She's going to get a haircut like Bailey. And... <laughs> I think the, the the baddies will win here as well. Uh, it's interesting because there's so many uh, storylines that I, I want to see Io Shirai, Shayna Baszler down the line again. But I don't think I'm going to – I think we will see Rhea Ripley go in that direction. Uh, so I think um, Team Shayna – Team EO is what I'm calling it really. <laughs> team EO should win the, the – She's Wardens. coming off that cage for sure. She's doing a moonsault off a cage for sure, definitely. You saw what they'll do in a ladder match to promote this? You sh- can't wait to see what they'll do inside this. Do you see them bookending the show with war games? Yeah, women should main so, event. Yeah. Women should end the show. You think it should end? Yeah. With the women. I think yeah. so too. Yeah. I think it's the harder program yeah, yeah, personally. Yeah, of course. That video package that they did last night, like profiling, like look that, just like having the teams in one shot together, mm. like making you feel like they're an actual team. War. I thought that shit was so good. It's and war. It's exactly what the Survivor Series has been missing all these years. Yeah. You know, the feeling like like you have a union between the members of a team. Uh, Matt Riddle, Finn Balor, uh, this should be excellent. Um, I imagine they're going to probably get like twenty minutes. Um, Easily, we only yeah. have four matches, so you could probably see a match being added to this, unless you're just earmarking so much time for the War Games matches yeah. that maybe four is all you want. Maybe a Cruiserweight uh, rematch. Yeah, added. we were thinking that they're adding Oh, with Rush and uh, Angel, Angel Garza. Garza. Yeah. Remember, you might need time for an angle for uh, Survivor Series as well. You could have that sure, at the yeah. end of the show, which I would say if that's happening at the end of the show, uh, the you could put the men on yeah. Uh, yeah. last. Um, we'll see. But yeah, Riddle and Balor, I, I think that Balor needs to win this. Yes. I think his first 100%. big match back. Um, it's interesting. Riddle is kind of just in this weird spot now that, you know, I thought there was a good chance that maybe they move him up to Raw or SmackDown at the draft. They didn't. And I don't know if it was necessarily the right choice keeping him here other than they wanted 
you know, star power for the two-hour show. And he's kind of just on this island at the moment. I think he's a long-term investment. He's definitely yeah. a long-term investment. Yeah, I think he's kind of up next for, for a, a... He's what? A, <laughs> <laughs> he's up next for a, a, a title program. Following definitely, he's yeah. the, he's the guy we like to we like to say tr- Triple H uh, always has these these cards in his pocket or cards up his sleeve like Keith Lee and Dijakovic they've been chilling in NXT for a little while nothing mm-hmm. we're on two hours now oh go put them out let's let's now it's time yeah, bring the toys that's out that's the type of anticipation yeah. you want for somebody yeah. just beneath the surface exactly right? yeah it's so something some... we were talking about AEW yeah. this morning was after. Like after Mox has that title program, you don't really have those top babyface guys there. Whereas I feel NXT, you do in your Keith Lee's yeah. and Matt Riddles, who can just sit there and put on cracking matches in the middle of the card and just waiting for like after this Champa um, Cole feud yeah. is over, I'm Riddle. pretty sure one of them are going to go into that position. Riddle is definitely a, a guy waiting to be the main guy. Like in a year or so, he's going to be the guy headlining the takeover. You can't wait to watch because he's fighting someone. Like he's he's the guy waiting. Definitely, I don't want him to go up to the main roster yet. It does seem that NXT you do have some sort of stability now. That so often these takeovers, it was well, you could figure out outcomes based on well who do you think is getting called up and i think there's a big kind of elimination of that i do i still do foresee well we'll get into it with the survivor series preview of one person moving but um rounding out the card pete dunn killian dane and damian priest with the winner going to face adam cole the next night they had initially announced this for wednesday's episode and then was moved to saturday which makes more sense i don't know how this could have fit into wednesday's show so um Maybe this opens the show even if you don't go with a War Games right off of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, I think – does everyone see Pete Dunne yeah, going? Definitely. I can't see any of the other combinations really working. Same um, arena where he had the big Tyler Bate match, which was really his, his WWE breakout yeah. match. you got to remember like what, what's going to take place on Sunday is going to be very much a commercial for NXT uh, to main roster audience. And I think you got to you know have your best – Best ones, maybe you know the best type of match you could possibly have with Adam Cole to make him look impressive. I think you can make an argument though for either of the other two if you want to make Adam Cole, who is more of an undersized guy, you know, look impressive in beating somebody larger than him to give him that that sort of credibility. Sure. Um. So I think in a way it's still unpredictable, but I I go with Pete Dunne. I you, think to your mainstream audience as well, they've they've seen Pete Dunne before. He's been in a rumble. Yeah. He's been on Raw before. I oh, I can see them too. Don't you remember? Oh, main, barely. main event. Barely. He was hanging Insanity. with EC3. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine just Vince McMahon meeting Damian Priest the next night at Survivor Series. <laughs> the Archer of Infamy. <laughs> that's a, You know what's a he good question? A bow and arrow. Yeah, he'd think he's a vampire yeah. or something. Do you no. guys expect the NXT broadcast team to be there Sunday night to call that match? Ooh. The legend. Yeah, mm. I would hope so. Of Moral will be at Survivor Series. I mean, they'll be in town anyway. Moral so. often announced. You're right. You're right. Hopefully Which would be Moral's first main roster show since moving to NXT. Yeah. Interesting. They should have him on for Like, it would make sense match. that they're... I, I don't know if that's the case or not, but that would make sense, especially for the NXT title Well, match. would you do a mix booth for the the all the mix matches? Would I, you just have a team many. of, like... Too just, crazy. I don't nine, like the idea nine of a mix booth. booth. Yeah, that would be really person. tough. Um, <laughs> no, but just one from each brand. Right. You saw the picture where it's all the commentators put together, and everyone's like, "This is your announced team." <laughs> I, I think the idea of one person from every 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 show not necessarily a bad bad call at all. I'm just picturing all like eight yeah, nine guys, guys. <laughs> and then yeah. at the start of the the match, Moro just. Hey, Vic, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> Shutting all the way down the table at the other end. Um, so, yeah, that, that rounds out the show. I, I assume Dunn wins this match unless they just want to do a surprise and go with somebody else. But I, I think 
Exactly. It's a commercial the next night. Cole and Dunn getting 15 minutes at Survivor Series is the safe and I, I think most effective. In Chicago, it'll do really well. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's the way to go. Survivor Series on Sunday night, same building. Uh, we start off at the top. Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio, no holds barred match for the WWE Championship. I think this buildup has been excellent. The promos have been very strong, in particular from this past week with Heyman. And Rey Mysterio, who has been you know, a guy that was never known for his promos, has just been fantastic in this mm-hmm. whole program. Um, I'm really glad they went with this as opposed to the Lesnar, Bray Wyatt, Adam Cole match. Uh, I think this was you have a great story and to boot, I think you're going to get a really great match out of these two. Like they they had a pair of matches. This is way back in Brock's first run. It's so good. I was actually a big, big fan of that. It was just like they worked so well together with the size. Like that was the first time you saw Brock work with someone really small and you could just see how well he put him on the stretcher and he smacked him against the the term of the post with I think that was big show. Oh, was that big yeah. show? Yeah, I, I just but like, this is where he uh, he brought out the Brock lock. The yeah, stretch there muffler. you go. Right. Yeah, the stretch so, muffler. I, I mean, granted, everyone's uh, several years older from 2003, but, but I think this is going to be a really solid yeah. match. Yes, they are older, but I think they're also better wrestlers now. Definitely, uh, I think you know, even including Rey Mysterio, who I think at this point is much smarter and much more complete. Brock Lesnar tapping into you know the whole like beast persona in this second run. We haven't seen him work against somebody you know the the size of Rey Mysterio and this you know I think the the type of wrestler that Rey Mysterio is compared to some of his prior opponents I'm really looking forward to it you know I don't think for a second that Rey Mysterio is going to win this one it would be awesome if he did because I would love to see a third match um either way I, I would w- actually give consideration to yeah, doing it because the story Brock's is so good got nobody the story is so good and I don't think you really finished it like we haven't really reached an emotional climax with their storytelling yet for this i think and much meaning and much. i hope they bring this up moral would if he was on the call this is the building ray won the title in at wrestlemania Whoa. oh really Damn. which we were at interesting yeah wow. when he won in that three-way um i i was with like 100 percent going into this week it was you know brock retains it'll be a great match but when you consider the story he's fighting for dominic Brock has no opponents that are ready for him. And you put the title on Ray for, I would say, two months, and you can come back at the Rumble with this. Title on Ray, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not expecting it, but I would not dismiss it outright. This, this program that. has caught but on. You've you got to remember, like, the, the story right now is, is about Dominic. Does Ray need the title yes. in order to get that yes, revenge? He does. I mean, he's Do you never- want him to fail? He avenging his can, son's can, honor he can win somehow without or or like embarrass brock in some way without having the title i just don't know if ray needs the belt in this scenario but i yeah, it's possible I, I i love this angle actually uh i i heard you guys talk about it so i kind of did go watch ray mysterio uh from raw uh but i i think that this this match actually is bringing in fans who are like the the kind of casual fans like people go people know who ray mysterio is and people know who brock is and now they're fighting so people are like Hey, that sounds pretty interesting. I, I, isn't that that's happening this I, weekend? Either way, I hope they continue this. If yeah, they I kind of, I kind of wanted to write out. I'm just gonna just to say, I, I all, all, all of a sudden now, I've, I've seen the light. Rey Mysterio is gonna beat Brock Lesnar. I think when you look at the raw numbers, the idea of let's freshen things up, have a, the title on TV, a little Ray run that might actually spark some like interest. Like, wow, this is something out of left field. He's gotten over. You could argue he's the top babyface on Raw. He has surpassed where Seth is. He's, to me, I I wouldn't dismiss it outright at this point where I would have a week ago. So uh, I'm very interested in the outcome of this, and I think the match is going to deliver. This is the the thing I'm most looking forward to on a show that has a lot of interesting stuff on it. Uh, Becky Lynch, Bailey, and Shayna Baszler 
for brand supremacy. Um, I feel very strongly Shayna should win this match, and I think she should pin Becky because I would like to see this be Becky's WrestleMania program. I think Shayna should come up in you know early next year and have this win hanging over Becky, and Becky wants that rematch because she lost here but didn't lose the title. Um, that That's where I would go, and that's not me knowing what the plan is, but I would really like to see this culminate at WrestleMania with Becky and Shayna, and you put Shayna over really strong and not go the cheap route of her beating Bailey when the real program is Becky. I think she should get that fall on Becky, and it's the loss that Becky has to avenge and can't because they're on different brands. I like your idea, so you're saying Bailey's taking the pin to Shayna. I think that hurts Bailey, who it, that's not the program for ba- for Shayna. It should be Becky and Shayna, so. Have Becky yeah. lose the fall? I here. think Becky could afford the fall the most out of sure. everybody. Bailey is in dire need, I think, of really establishing herself. You know, we've seen her try to maybe get some of the attention away from Shayna and Becky, but I think Shayna and Becky, to me, is at this point a bit of a dream match that I, mm-hmm. I think they'd be foolish not to go ahead and book towards. And this is your time to build towards that match. So I agree with John's finish. Um, the only question is. I could see them giving Bailey the pinfall on somebody, on Becky potentially, but that would make no. Yeah, it would be kind of sense. pointless. So, I, 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 I see Shayna winning it. Yeah, you could give Shayna just like um, she could either just get a cover out of nowhere, or like Becky passes out, doesn't tap. Um, you can come back. It'll, many different forms. They gotta come up with a finish that'll protect everybody. It's gonna be one of those things for all of these championship, you know, deals. <laughs> Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, a three-way tag match that, I mean, if this is given time, you should have a hell of a match with these three, which is something I think Kofi really needs to be part of something at this point, who has just been totally cast aside since the Brock loss. Um, But yeah, this should be, if this has time, I think that this could really be a solid, solid match. So they can't. They don't know what to do with Kofi Kingston since you know messing it up with the whole Brock thing and pissing people off. So instead, they piss us off more by taking out the revival and putting in the new day. I'm still excited for this match. I think it's going to be great. Uh, but I think um, I think the War Raiders should win this one. They're they're kind of they kind of fifty would say Viking Raiders and Undisputed Era got wins on Wednesday and it's the new day's turn. It, like you're going to spread out these wins, so this could sure. be your SmackDown win. I guess so. Yeah, sure. If yeah. Bailey's not winning in the women's match, I um, have a weird thing like about this match and the the uh, the mid card title match is what we're calling it. The three way there. I'm just excited to watch the match. Uh, yeah. So the, the, it doesn't there's, matter. There's no win. real stakes. No. So I'm just like cool. I see Viking Raiders um, winning. I I don't recall them having any tag loss yet, unless it was in like a big multi man thing. Sure. The, the Saudi Arabia um, gauntlet. Right. Okay. Right. Did. Apart from that, I. I can't yeah, think of anything because Gallows so, and Anderson are the greatest oh, tag team in the world. <laughs> the OC, who so, are not on this show. So I see Viking Raiders winning. Um, I am not mad about uh, New Day being in the match. I think New Day feel very main roster, unlike the other three teams right. that are NXT, NXT guys. So I think it, it kind of makes sense. And New Day are a, a top act, so mm. I think they should be there. And especially now we had Undisputed versus the Revival last night. It's like, cool, I've got my fix of that. <laughs> I'm I'm good for this match now. What if you had done uh, with the potential names being uh, Ivar Radio, The Fishbowl, oh, and man. Feel the Power, winning team gets a podcast, and you had made the announcement <laughs> after this match. Ah. <laughs> Ivar Teasing Radio? the return of The Fishbowl? Ivar Radio? I, I had to come up with that one on you the couldn't, spot. You couldn't think of anything with Eric, because <laughs> it's lame, Eric. 
Charlotte Flair. Okay, so this is our. Uh, let's go to the next uh, the mid card title match: sure. AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Roderick Strong. Um, again, I think that there will be uh, triple threat fatigue on this show. Oh, yeah. I am not a fan of triple threat match to begin with. That I think that we're getting three of them on the. I should say we're getting five of them on this show because the elimination matches are technically three yeah. ways, but five people per team. But nonetheless, uh, you have some solid talent in this match with AJ Nakamura and Roderick Strong. I really think that this could be a great showcase for Roderick Strong that you oh, know, yeah. kind of falls under the radar when you look at the great talent yes. NXT has. But I think that, you know, picking who goes over here, I think it's going to come down to how they're going to break up. Like, each brand is going to get their moral victory. Yeah, I-, I see it being SmackDown for this one. I think this is where you give Nakamura a win. He is SmackDown, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> and you've recently set up this little stable with uh, Cesaro and Sami Zayn, I think, Nakamura winning this gives Sami Zayn a lot of fuel in promos and things and really like starts to put a little bit of a rocket behind this team. They're a new stable, right? Yeah. Sammy, the men's is international now. They're international. That's that's mm-hmm. their group. Uh, I think this is fantastic. Roderick Strong is one of my favorite wrestlers like ever. Um, and seeing him on WWE, seeing him in WWE still mind, is mind-blowing. And now seeing him Survivor Series in a match against AJ Styles and Nakamura, who I've seen fight many times uh, front row in certain matches. Uh, so it's just, I think this is definitely the match I'm most looking forward to. Um, I, I think Roddy is going to take the, the L here. But oh, okay. uh, yeah, I can't say I, I want Roddy to win. But that's okay. Yeah, like, and that's okay. Because this, gonna... this is a match for him to yeah. showcase himself. We and I'll probably give him two. a lot before yes. taking the loss. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just, like I said, I'm just excited to watch this. I want to see backbreakers and Kinshasa's and all that stuff. Because all three of these guys should just just have fun and, and deliver. He's yeah. going to he's gonna be livid. Roderick Strong, Survivor Series. He, he's been working so hard. And finally, he's on this huge stage. I'm just happy for the guy. Yeah. Adam Cole against the War Games uh, Triple Threat winner. That's for the NXT title. And then we have The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and Daniel Bryan for the Universal title. Uh, this is going to be... Um, this is not a sure thing. Uh, nope. This is all Especially. presentation. And I hope to God that the red filter is forgotten when yeah. they get to the All-State Arena and they ditch that thing. Because I-, I think that thing is just such a negative now to the match that it's just it's the signal that I people are not it. going to get into it. And I would really worry about... This is not going on last, so you could put this out there, and it's going to take the crowd out of this, and probably take a match or two to recover as well. So I think you have to be very careful how you put this together, and I think ultimately Bray Wyatt retaining. Yeah, these two had a fantastic match at the Royal Rumble uh, 2014, ago. I believe. Um, obviously, both of them are very different now. We, it, Bray Wyatt's pretty much a completely different person. Um, I just... I hate this indestructible thing. I think the Fiend character is really cool. I think the mask's really cool. But when you've created a guy who will kick out of everything, like 1800 stomps, electrocution, all that, it's like, how can Brian win? So I'm already out of the match before it's even started. Hard for me to think about what type of match these two will have because anything like... How how is somebody after seeing like the type of matches Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins have had where they've gone through everything like Daniel Bryan is not known as a hardcore wrestler this is not a no holds barred match like is he going to be able to go ten minutes with him just doing drop kicks and submission holds I can't see the Fiend selling submission holds at all so they can either just go squash or I don't know what they do yeah this one's weird this one I, I could see Wyatt winning early yeah, yeah. I think I. 
could see them doing that. I did. I definitely do not see any kind of title change in, in this one. I will say again, I don't watch a lot of this main roster. I will say one of the worst things that has totally made me not interested at all is what you said about the lights. I, how does anyone? Do people like this? Why is this an idea? I, I don't I understand it. I hate it. I feel it's because as soon as it's just like your regular house lights on, it's a dude wearing a mask. Yeah, but it's whereas I think when it's because when we ever see when we see him presented, it's got the strobe lights. Yeah. Uh, the red lights, Flash it makes lights. him look more of a demon. And I think just so stupid. the worry is it just looks like a dude wearing a Halloween just get rid- mask. He's on SmackDown, right? So get rid of the, the, just get rid of the red. Just pretend it never happened. Just move on <laughs> with it. Uh, let's get to the elimination matches. The women's uh, team on Raw is Charlotte Flair, Natalia, the Kabuki Warriors, and Sarah Logan taking on Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Nikki Cross, and Lacey Evans, and five mystery people representing NXT. So who could they be? Um, why don't we just run through the men's one as well, and then we can just give our overall thoughts. Uh, Raw has Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet. SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, Shorty G, and again, five unknown representatives of NXT. First of all, I think that you could have gotten away with just one of these. I think having two. These are going to be in just insanity to lay these matches out and... You're going to have so many eliminations. I, I'm not looking forward to either of these. No. I will be pleasantly surprised if they... It's going to be the talent that are going to have to work super hard to get these over. And I think it's going to be really tough when every two minutes you're going to an elimination that the audience is going to check out of these. So um, more power to them if they if these work. But I'm not going into this with any hope that they are. I think a big mistake was keeping these teams... Of five, when they could have easily kept them down to three, I think you'd have provided way more focus for all the individual members of the teams. Um, as it exists, I think you'll see some very quick eliminations for a lot of these people. And so, you know, I'm sorry, Sarah Logan. I, I don't see you having <laughs> yeah. a, a long night. Neither do, neither Dana Brooke. And it's kind of unfortunate because um, but if we get the the reunion of Sarah Logan and Dana Brooke, I mean, yeah, watch what you say. Oh, you're right. Was that the main event? Come on. <laughs> they, they love a big. Maybe they'll be the final. They've two. been working all year for this. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I do think there are interesting pieces to be had, though. Like, they teased Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane having a face-off, so I imagine they might, you know, yes. rekindle that yeah. on a You'll do on, your Roman match. Rollins face-off. Yeah. I mean, they're going to do all these pairings and, and everything, and I guess it ultimately comes down to you have the, the unknown that is the NXT teams that either they'll set up on Friday, Saturday, or we'll just go into this show having no idea who's representing Triple NXT. H. Yeah. Of the people that are on these teams, do you, who would you make the sole survivor in order to give them that spotlight? Randy Orton. Um, I see uh, of the people that are announced. I, I guess I'm trying to just look at. <laughs> I think again. it comes down to how you book the other matches as well. Of like, which brand do you put over? Like, I could see Sasha Banks winning, so SmackDown gets a win. Um, on Raw, and Raw, you would think that. I think that there could be something of Reigns, Ali, and Shorty G just to give those guys something. But um, I don't know. Like to be to go a step ahead, I don't really know how much it means either. To yeah. I, could anyone tell me the the sole survivor on either team last year? Randy I, Orton. I, I could not tell you. <laughs> I think this. Yeah, both these matches are just a way to even the scores up. So going into whatever the final match is, yeah, that will be to win. We don't know what's on the kickoff either. So one of these could be on oh the kickoff. Oh, God, a kickoff. There'll probably be another one. What time does this show start? <laughs> Seven. Yeah. Oh. All right, we have ratings, everybody. Ooh. So everyone... Ooh, let's go to ratings. Wednesday Night War ratings. Okay, so AEW. Oh, this is just perfect. AEW does 893,000 viewers with a .39 in the big 18 to 49 demo. 
NXT, 916, Whoa! but a .30 in the 18 to 49 demo. Wow. So they actually... More viewers for NXT, but AEW did a much higher demo rating uh, huh. in in the key one. Oh, um, so AEW was higher for the night in the key demo. But yeah, in total viewership, uh, a difference of... <laughs> 23,000 viewers in NXT's favor. So NXT wins their first. So week. where did where did, did NXT make up the difference? What demo? demo? I'm going to have to look. Um, boomers. Into all it's of this. Okay, boomers. so AEW, let's look. Uh, among 50-plus, it was a big win for NXT. Uh, people 25 to 54, that was... AEW won that. Then I mean, it was plus 50 they, the only demo I think NXT won was plus 50, which is in line with previous uh, weeks. Yeah, yeah. AEW won every demo except for 50 plus, but it was still, it was like that the 50 plus was the big difference. So, how do you read these ratings? You know, NXT on a show, I guess, filled with um, a lot of promotion on Raw and a lot of main roster talent. Where, if you're Paul Levesque, what, what do you take away from this that you know, perhaps worked or would you retain? Or, and, or do, you, do you look at this as a success or do you look at it as, hey, like maybe we should have done more? I don't see this as something you can maintain you're gonna get those spikes it's like when you bring the rock back to raw yeah you're gonna have that spike this week but you can't bring the rock every week to raw it's gonna like peter out um i definitely as i mentioned earlier i think the idea of having uh consolidating some championships to float between brands so once a month and you heavily promote the kabuki warriors are coming back or you've got viking raiders are coming back to defend the the WWE Tag Championships rather than the Raw Tag Championships. I think, I mean, not necessarily those names are going to spike, but that kind of idea um, would be good. But I don't want to see top to bottom filled with your Becky Lynch's and Rollins and all that. I think overall we are seeing at least uh, more people watching wrestling this week compared to last. Yeah. Um, so is it just the idea that I guess Survivor Series is you know really what it is everything up? It's it's because CM Punk came back and now <laughs> everyone watches wrestling again. That must be it. Yep, that's it. Uh, do we have some time for phone calls yes. before we go? Sure. Uh, Jake has been waiting on the line for a long time. Jake, do you have any thoughts uh, on anything going on in wrestling right now? Hey, gentlemen, good to talk to you again. Uh, it's great to see all four of you uh, <laughs> together in the video again. Yes, hey, thank man. you. What's going on, Jake? Doing great, doing great. So, yeah, I'm in Chicago right now. Um, I am going to be at TakeOver uh, Saturday as well as uh, AEW on Wednesday. So, got both those. Uh, really excited for those ones. Uh, I've saved my money. I don't want to waste my time on the mainstream WWE oh. stuff. I'll just I'll, – yeah, I'll just uh, – watching the cover of my own home so i'll just watch it for those so yeah i mean a great um really looking forward to take over on saturday uh i really hope that but i really hope that it, that they don't do um uh they don't bring the invasion uh over there i, I don't want to see the red and blue shirts uh, in, in that show i hope just just keep it separate from there uh, in, in my opinion so and um, also, uh, I actually want to talk about CM Punk. You guys didn't bring it up. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys brought it up yet. This no, week. not yet. Uh, okay, so I just want to say that um, it was. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was great. It, it was great seeing Punk um, uh, uh, taking the taking the main roster product to task. But I've noticed that noticed that uh, it's 
it's kind of sad to see the other panelists uh, visibly scared to say anything that might get them into trouble, uh, clearly when they wanted to. For example, Paige uh, as well, um, when, <laughs> when Punk was like uh, pressuring Paige, and then I was like, oh, uh, and then she said, oh, he's a bad influence to him and all that. So, so I, I just want to um, – I'm just wondering, guys, how long – do you think this will last with Punk in this role? Because let me just say this: like, I remember, I remember talking smack uh, two years ago. Uh, that was an amazing show. It was still kayfabe, but you know, a lot of uh, the promos were more genuine, uh, unscripted. But you know, Vince didn't like that show, uh, and he decided to take that off the, the network. I'm, uh, I'm sure that he is going to hate backstage because of I'm. Uh, he's going to hate backstage. And he's going to start pressuring Fox to make some changes, uh, so make it uh, make it more in line with him with his thoughts. So uh, I'm just going to wonder about that. Like, how long do you think this will last before Fox gets the pressure to put the kibosh put the kibosh on on Punk? Thank you, Jake. I mean, who calls the shots? I'd say it's Fox who calls the shots rather than Vince. To an mean? extent, man. I mean, it's always going to be. A collaboration. Like, granted, this is not Fox in the NFL, where I think that you're you're going to certainly um, yield to your your major rights holder. But you know, this is ultimately both sides have to work with one another, mm. and no side is trying to upset the other. I mean, they have to be able to work uh, together. I think the fact that you, you know, I think if you are are Fox and you saw that first week number, that certainly gave you the ammunition to go hard after Punk and bring him in, realizing that this this thing was going to flop at 49,000 viewers. Like, that was a pretty devastating number. So something had to be done, and they pulled the trigger on this. But certainly, I think everyone can watch the show. They can see what it is, what it isn't, and it's going to... Like, they will go outside to a certain extent, but they, you know, it's... Very clear what will be covered and what won't. If the show continues at the level that we saw on Tuesday, I don't think they'll ruffle any feathers at all with Vince McMahon. In fact, like I think it'll show, you know, perhaps uh, the other panelists that it's okay to criticize the TV. And I'm sure, like, I'm I don't think like I don't think WWE would really have that much issue if somebody said they didn't like the Roman Reigns or Baron Corbin promos. Like that stuff is is legitimately bad. And I think I, I mean, but. It's not like they kept talking smack. And yeah. I think that was a show that, to me, I mean, it was... But that that was, was not very critical of the product, to me. And that was a mistake, I think. And I think, you know, Fox will have a lot of leeway to say, we want to produce this type of show that's not just a commercial for you yeah. guys, but something that feels credible. They want and something closer to UFC Tonight. That, yes, that was a UFC show, but it was also did have at least a safe distance from... Um, being like mm-hmm. the UFC countdown show, and for instance, and it's to the WWE's benefit ultimately, you know, to to have to be able to foster this this type of real discussion amongst this fan base. Um, it 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 won't hurt them. It won't be the end of the world if CM Punk says he didn't like something. But I also don't see them going very hard on you know real issues that no, I think they won't. They won't it, definitely. It, as soon as he, he CM Punk shows up, a lot of people and he starts making jokes about like Seth Rollins and the Baron Corbin thing, and you those go, are all like set up for him. Yeah, exactly. Like, these He's are all not, kayfabe tweets. I I I uh, I'm not a big CM Punk fan, uh, but I tuned. I had I watched the clips of it. I had to find it, and I thought watching oh, him on the mic. CM Punk shoots on Seth Rollins. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's like on. yeah, exactly. Uh, and, but a lot of people on Twitter were were kind of like, okay, you're saying that, but you're you're not mentioning like, hey, uh, what's going on with the? Because at the mo at the time, the hot thing uh, was the Twitter with Randy Orton and Tony Khan. So people were like, hey, you want a real? You want to say some real shit? Then talk about that. And of course, they're not going to talk about that, but. 
it, it just it it made it seem like yeah, you know what? He is making fun of Baron Corbin, but they're still making you tune in and watch. Mm, so it's like cool. yeah, exactly. I so. didn't feel they even allowed him to go off enough on it though they're like what did you think of this and he kind of gave half an opinion and then right. they're like oh well, we can't really talk about that and i wonder how long in that format cm punk will want to stay yeah. doing that uh just one final note on the on the ratings i think that they did hold up pretty well and the last hour they did go against the democratic debate that did 6.6 million viewers as well so you did have that as a factor and um so there you go that was the uh the ratings notes that we'll uh we'll have a a rundown on the website coming up. So that is going to wrap up the show. I want to thank Davey and Brayden for joining us once again. Uh, you can go check out patreon.com slash up next. Our uh, Survivor Series draft will be up uh, late tonight. And then you guys will be back here Sunday night for our Survivor Series post show, which if you're a double-double ice cap or espresso member of the cafe, you can watch that show live and call in immediately after Survivor Series. We'll take calls on both shows. Their takeover post show, of course, uh, as well on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday night uh, on our free feed, wherever you get uh, your podcast, you can follow up next, subscribe, all that stuff. Hell, help us out. Follow Follow our Up Next uh, Twitter account mm-hmm. at Up Next Podcast. Uh, you can follow myself and Davey on our personal ones. I am at the Bray D. And I'm at Davey Portman. And join us for our YouTube. Like, join in the discussion because we'll be going live after War Games uh, yeah. on our YouTube channel, BDE Official. Yeah, so we have all these shows coming out and we can't wait to invade Brand Supremacy Sunday Night Survivor Series. Goodbye, everybody. You've been warned. (laughs) 